Drive gets inside, leans in, knocked away, it's stolen by Holiday. Now up for the layup, oh, blocked by James. To Curry, way down top, bang, bang. the Tiger. Just call me Is Zion gonna want out soon? Here's the thing, I don't think the front office of that organization, of that New Orleans organization, knows what the heck they're doing. What can I say? Mamba out. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Josh Phoenix, and today we have some exciting things happening in the world of basketball. First thing, first guy. Happy Thursday as we are back with NBA basketball. Man, that week, even despite having all the contests and pretty much the All-Star weekend, it has been pretty, pretty boring not having any basketball. But finally, guys, we're back. My Phoenix Suns will be taking on OKC Thunder tonight at 6. Um, AZ time, so that's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, guys, welcome back to the Courts I Heat podcast. Um, if you're new, thanks for um, thanks for uh, listening to us. And if you're a reoccurring, if you're a recurring listener, thanks for sticking with us as we are back and we are excited to be back with NBA games ahead of us today. As it is a beautiful Thursday, right here yesterday morning, yesterday afternoon. Um, Mesa, so that's pretty crazy. Yeah, guys, without further ado, let's jump into this thing by getting to social media in the store as we have some pretty cool things planned ahead in today's podcast episode. I want to walk through um, today's matchups and how each team fares in the postseason if the season ends today. And I get it, that conversation, that debate annoys some people or it intrigues some people. But it's very fascinating to look at that because it's very true. How would teams be, depth chart-wise, roster-wise, injury-wise, and all those different things, if the season ended today? So we're going to be looking at that. And of course, we have all of our breaking news as... We got some pretty, pretty fascinating stuff, uh, mind-boggling stuff. We'll get to that in a bit. Some of it has to do with James Wiseman, so to, uh, stay tuned for that. Real quick, guys, you can find us always at courtsheat.com. We're coming out with, I don't know how many articles per day, um, exclusively and for the entire public to see, right? But you can find us always at courtsheat.com. Or if you want to go to social media route, which is fantastic, you guys can get us at twitter.com slash courtsideheat, uh, instagram.com slash courtsideheatNBA, facebook.com slash courtsideheat, tumblr.com slash courtsideheat, tiktok.com slash at courtsideheat. And if I'm missing anywhere else, just assume that we're on there. And still, guys, we're waiting for Truth Social for us to get off of the wait list. So that's going to be pretty cool. 
Um, Getter, we're on there, but we really don't post there anymore. So don't waste your time trying to search for us on Getter. Get on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We're there. We're ready to have conversations with you and make and have really cool basketball things out there in terms of like posts and just different things like that. Polls. So yeah, join us on there. And without that, lastly, before we get into our next segment, which is recapping the news of the day, we have the store. Go to courtsaheat.store if you want to be uh, rerouted back, redirected back to our Macari store. We're giving out tons of stuff. It's like a mixture, but mainly it's basketball. But if you want UFC, NFL, anything like that, we have it all there. Movies, video games, uh, TV shows, um, action figures, cards, any memorabilia, t-shirts, jerseys, signed autograph stuff by former NBA players, PSA 9, just 10 cards, PSA 9, anything, 10s, whatever you can think of, we have it. Then also go to courtsideheat.com uh, slash store. Um, that takes you to our main hub, our main store, as both our main stores. But if you want to order off the site, go ahead, guys, as that is pretty cool. And since I do not know um, the link off the top of my skull, off the top of my brain, just go to the podcast description for the episode down below on anywhere to get your podcast episodes. Because that will have our spread shop um, uh, merchant site there. Our shop there. Which is also pretty cool. We're coming out with new merchandise. Uh, a lot more basketball stuff is going to be coming on there too. So do not miss it. And with all that being said guys. Let's jump in to our next recapping the news of the day. And I, hold up, before I get into that, I just want to say one thing, and that's this. It is going to per be pretty cool to get back to our different little segments, like, um, oh, oh, like recapping games. I'm, I'm trying to remember what it's called exactly. Oh, yeah, uh, Game Today Recap Edition, Game Today Watch Out Edition. That's going to come back on Friday. Uh, because we'll actually have a game to recap. I'm probably going to recap the Phoenix Suns game. A game or any game that's captivating. Or has a cool finish. Or anything like that. That sticks out. So with me adding that little side note in there. Let's jump into the news of the day. And boy oh boy do we have some things here. That's going to be hopefully wilding. Uh, maybe crushing mind-boggling, like whatever adjective, verb, whatever you want to use, any word you want to describe these next few headliners. I, I was actually cut off by this one. So getting into this one, Kemba Walker. Um, myself and tons of reporters were reporting on this on Twitter and different social media outlets like that about Kemba Walker as... The Knicks and Kemba Walker himself have agreed to arrest the guard for the remainder of the season. So that pretty much means no more Kemba in New York. Came out about between 2.33 p.m. last um, 
yesterday, last afternoon, yeah, yesterday afternoon, somewhere around there. But it was crazy because who would expect that? I expected something like that. Not being shut down for like the remaining 23 games that he could have been playing in, but because it was looking like that, it was a deteriorating relationship between the organization and the player. Because, what was it, like 18 games? He then he got benched. Then he had knee soreness. He had all these knee complications. Then, uh, then injury set in for the team. COVID-19 set in for the team. That was able to force the hand of Tom Thibodeau, head coach of the New York Knicks, to reinsert him into the starting lineup. Boom, bada, bang. He's back in there. He proves himself. But then they have this rocky relationship going forward. And now there's a mutual agreement of, okay, we're just going to shut Kemba. We're going to shut you down for the remainder of the season. Get healthy. And maybe we'll let you play next season for us. Right now, as it was being reported by ESPN, when I was reading their article, that it's looking like his agent and the Knicks could be working on a trade or a potential trade to see, testing out the waters of the market to see, okay, are you interested in Kemba? No, okay, then it's going to keep going for the rest of 29 other teams. So it's going to be very, very interesting. It it was a good move. It was a good move in the offseason when it happened. It was a good move when they got Evan Fournay, when he got all these different guys. But if you think about it now, guys, the players that he got in the offseason, it was great on pen and paper. It was great on paper. Like, writing it all down, it was great. But when it all got put into motion, it collapsed. And it's actually really, really sad. And I don't know if it was too much pressure on the Knicks or what, but the Knicks are not what they were last season. I get it. I get it. These are just tiny bumps in the road. But right now, they're 25 and 34, two in their last 10 games, and they're in the 12th seed. The deteriorating Wizards, who started a hot, is now not so hot. They, they're they hot garbage, but they're not like fire where it's actually good, if that makes sense. And I'm not trying to be critical of the Washington Wizards, because I like how Kuzma, I like all those guys on there, but... Nothing wowing on there, but I'd be like, I, there's nothing wowing. And I get injuries have set in, but yeah, it's just the Knicks are an interesting group. Tom Thibodeau, great head coach. Um, They got some fascinating players on there. RJ Barrett's one. Don't ever sleep on him. Julius Randle has gotten mixed emotions since winning the Most Improved Player Award, winning awards last season, getting all this praise. Um, different things like that. But now, even more journalists, even more everybody in the media is recognizing maybe he's not this big deal because he's not able to be consistent. He's not able to do the things that we saw him do last season. Consistency and playing at a high level efficiently, efficiently has been very struggling, has been a challenge for the power forward. 
you're looking at his stats, you're like, he's getting a double-double. Close enough to 20 points, 10 rebounds per game with 5 assists. Okay, let's just chill it out. I like Julius Randle. I'm going to support him. But last season was a breakout season. We had 24 points, 10 rebounds, and 6 assists in 37 minutes. Plus, his field goal percentage was up by 3.5%. So, it is down from this season. There is a 5.9 point difference. There is a 3.5% difference. Rebounds are the same, and he's down 0.8 in assists. Plus, his minutes are down too by, what is it? Um... It's like 30, oh man, I hate, I hate doing quick math because I was doing so well quick math. I was, I'm never good at doing quick math because anytime I got to use my brain, it's real bad. You guys know what I mean? Like, has anyone ever gone in that situation before? Like, yeah, you just not good doing quick math. Okay. I used a calculator and he's out close enough to two minutes, but 1.9 minutes. He's down that too. And he did that in 71 games. Sure, he can get that, but he is going to be down. Now, it has to go beyond the stats, too. His production is great statistically, but the impact on the team's not there. The team's just in an up-and-down cycle. Obi Toppin, R.J. Barrett, Joyce Ram, Derrick Rose, Kemba Walker, Cam Reddish, Mitchell Robinson... Evan Fournette, all these different guys. Like, the guys that are going to be gone and come next season, this is just my prediction, but it's going to be Kemba Walker, Evan Fournette, and, and Alex Burks. Those are the three guys right now that I can see 100% of the way leaving or being forced out of New York by the organization. Kemba has not been the same since always hurting his knee, since having those lingering knee issues. Uh, Derek Rose, he's out right now due to surgery. Um, so he should be back. Because R.J. Barrett, Derek Rose practiced fully with the Knicks lineup. Their return is interesting. They could That could happen soon. That um, happened yesterday. Uh, New York Post posted that R.J. Barrett, Derek Rose, Practice fully with Nick Salina return looming. So it's very, very interesting. They're returning to practice. They're doing things like that. Now when do they get to play? Because injuries have killed them. Now is that a good excuse? No, not really when you're 25 and 34 in the 12th seed of your respected conference, the Eastern Conference. But something's not connecting. Like when they got Cam Reddish. They wanted to trade the former Duke player, the former Atlanta Hawks player, to the uh, Lakers in a freeway deal that involved a Goran Dragic, too. So it was, it was really interesting when you think about that and when you look at the entire picture. I don't think the Knicks know what they're doing. And that's not me trying to be rude here or anything. I just don't know. I just don't know, because the Knicks were up and down. Now, you want to talk about an up and down team. It's like getting shot in the foot. 
so perfect from the Portland Trailblazers, who's their center, right, the big man, is going to be out at least a month due to, oh boy, I'm not going to be able to pronounce this correctly, uh, and just stay with me, the plantar fastilius, I have no idea if I said it correctly, but, yeah, he's still with a left foot injury right now, that's going to leave him out for at least a month, so four weeks without him. Nazir Little, he's out for the rest of the season. Damian Lillard, he's out for the foreseeable future since having abdominal surgery. So right now, the Blazers roster is just being torn to shreds. Not even joking. It's being torn to shreds. Like their best players are just being eliminated from the game due to injuries. So... The only players you're relying on now is Anthony Simons, uh, Simmons, Josh Hart, Dennis Smith Jr., Justice Winslow, and all those different guys. Joe Ingles, um, Eric Bledsoe. You got you got some talent on there, right? Josh Hart, Simmons is good. Simons, um, Ingles, Bledsoe, guys. Yeah, so you got some guys on it. You got guys on there. They're having a four-game winning streak. And that's beating notable names like the Grizzlies, like the Bucks, Lakers, no, not really, but we'll put them in there. Knicks, can't count them. Right, and they actually beat the Bucks, blowing, blowing them out by 15, after losing to them on February 5th at home, 137-108. They lost by 39 points. That's sad. Like, you, you know that's bad, right? Wait a minute. Uh, I might just did the math wrong. Hold on. God, I want to be accurate here. 29 points. Man, I can't do math. So, you guys, I told you I can't do quick math. Look at me. I'm showing my stupidity on, on a recorded podcast episode. But, yeah. The problem is for them now, they have to go in tonight's match of 8 p.m. Arizona time, 10 p.m. Eastern time, East Coast time, against the Warriors at home. That's going to be very tough. That's going to be very tough. That's going to be a manageable game. That's going to be a gritty, gutty game. You're going to have to force yourself into tough areas just to try to convert a basket. You're going to have to get into their heads or something. You have to play. You have to out. You have to. I'll physically work them in every sense, right? Because right now, they're in the playing tournament. Five games behind the AFC Clippers and six games behind the seventh seed Timberwolves. The Western Conference top three teams locked in is going to be the Suns, Warriors, Grizzlies. That's going to be the three top locked in teams. I, I can't change my mind on it. Unless something drastically happens, I cannot see one of those free teams moving from one of those free positions, uh, spots in the Western Conference. So the Blazers are trying to get out of the playing tournament or just stay in the playing tournament to have a chance to pause, which is not bad. But here's the thing. Without uh, Nerfic here, that's just going to hurt them even more. But Chauncey Billups, head coach of the Point Trail Blazers, and all those guys are going to make sure that they're tying right. 
So it's going to be very, very interesting. Because I don't know what's going to happen. Again, I don't know what to expect. All I know is that something's going to go down. And that's going to result in wins or losses for the Blazers. Because it's not like football where you can say, okay, I can get a tie. doesn't work here. It's not the NFL. So if it pretty much takes you to the end. You're, you're going to win or you're going to lose. And their upcoming matchup, and I'll only go till uh, March 18th, is this. Warriors-Blazers, Nuggets-Blazers, uh, Suns-Blazers, Timberwolves-Blazers, Timberwolves-Blazers again on the back-to-back, -back, March 5th, March 7th. Then Blazers-Jazz, Wizards-Blazers, uh, Blazers-Hawks, Knicks-Blazers, and then finally Nets. Blazers. That is going to be a tough, tough schedule. I don't care who you are. That's a tough schedule. You have to face the Nuggets, Warriors, and Suns starting today to March 2nd. Before they get a free day break, um, today I have to go to Minnesota from the 5th to the 7th because of that back-to-back. But the Nuggets are a 60 team. So in that span of from today to March 2nd, they have to go up against a first seed, a second seed, and a sixth seed. That is going to be brutalizing. And then to cap that off, you have to go up against a seventh seed. But here's the great thing. If you beat the Timberwolves twice, then you're hurting them in the standings in the long run, and you can actually try to climb up. Because you know that the 27-31 Lakers are not going to be hanging around that ninth seed. They may cobble some together, but they're not stable. So if you're able to pick up a few more wins over them, or if you're able to edge them out um, record-wise, that would be beautiful. Any leverage you can get is beautiful. You want to get to that sixth seed. Why? Because you want to take on the Grizzlies as opposed to the Suns if you're the 8th seed. Or the Warriors if you're the 7th seed. But there's going to be no easy matchup come the postseason for them. So the injuries that are plaguing them now are going to be hurting their shot record-wise to win more games. They're more prone to lose if we're looking on paper. Now, what will be their mentality? How gritty-gutty will they be? How sophisticated would it be coming into these games? I don't know. Only time will tell. And it come 8 p.m. tonight, we will find out, right? With that being said, talking about the Warriors, talking about injuries, this is actually a positive. Since recovering from his knee surgery, James Wiseman could be making his season debut come March 1st. Come March 1st, which is a Tuesday, that will give him 20 games to get back into the swing of things before the postseason officially starts. Because the postseason does start till April 16th, right? That's a very important day. I'll talk to you about that. As if no one heard about the political news or the basketball news from Kyrie, I'll get that in a second. But this is huge. His recovery date has been pushed back. I don't know how many times. His timeline has been skewed. I got reports that 
it was going to be Thanksgiving. That got skewed. And then it got pushed back even further. And now we have another concrete date. Or maybe it's not concrete. They're just giving a date out there to say, okay, can we aim for March 1st? Is March 1st a reasonable date? Because that would be five days till his return. And that would be great for the Warriors who love having our guy back. Plus, he's young, he's in his second year, and he needs to be ready for the postseason. That's just going to strengthen the Warriors. Undoubtedly, that's going to strengthen the Warriors. Because the Warriors are second. They're not going to be catching the Sun. So unless something drastically happens. Because they're six and, a half, six and a half games away from them. But that will be great to get back James Wiseman. Right? Because now it won't be just uh, Draymond Green out there offending for himself. Right? Or Otto Porter Jr. Or Juan Toscano Anderson. Right? But the Warriors will love to have back. Because the Warriors have a tough schedule in some aspects. But they're going to be able to manage. The last game is April 7th. They get nine days off. That will be huge. So rest and recover. That just strengthens them. So again, like the case I was making about the Portland Trailblazers. This positive impact on the Warriors would just be strengthening them for the postseason. Of course, we're just talking about this, that he's missed pretty much the entire season besides, um, what, 20 games? But those 20 games are going to be critical because at least he's gearing up healthy enough or what he appears to be healthy enough for the postseason. Because let's say... Um, some things move around, and the Warriors make it the first. Well, okay, let's just say everything stays the same. You go see the Clippers, or if you say second, you go see the Timberwolves. So more firepower, the better. That's going to be very interesting. Something also to keep your eye out on, and I just mentioned this a few uh, minutes ago, a few moments ago. New York City. This is huge. For Kyrie Irving, the Brooklyn Nets, and fans. So, New York City plans to phase out its vaccine mandate that will allow Kyrie Irving to play in home games for the Brooklyn Nets. Also huge, he'll be able to play in Madison Square Garden now. So since it's going to be lifted, he's going to be, go, be able to play against the Knicks now um, in New York. Such a huge, huge, huge win. Uh, again, the postseason doesn't start to April 16th, right? So that's going to give enough time for them to overturn it. Um, it's, it's great to see that people aren't having to be forced to take uh, the vaccine just to do basic things in life again in New York. But it's also great from a basketball standpoint for the Brooklyn Nets, right? And I think we can all agree on that. Whether you hate the guy or you like him, um, it's going to be great to see him back with the court full time. That's going to be a huge confidence booster for the Brooklyn Nets, you have to believe. You have to believe that head coach Steve uh, Steve Nash and all, and all the players surrounding Kyrie Irving, like Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, 
Seth Curry, all those different guys, and they'd be like, perfect, let's roll. We got the big free here. So it's going to be very, very interesting because right now the Nets are two games behind the seven-seeded Raptors because right now the Nets are 31-28. They've been 2-8. They've been struggling in their past 20 games. That's, that's undoubted. That cannot be questioned. That's pretty much a fair assessment of the Brooklyn Nets in the past 20 games. Is that they were pathetic. They got blown out. They got dragged, drugged throughout the mud. They got stomped in like crazy and had no answers. Not trying to re relive into the past, but we have to look at that. But right now, they're set at the 8th. It'll be great for him to come back. Because let's say starting March, uh, picking around day, 15th. They release the mandates, no longer have to get the uh, COVID-19 vaccine to participate in home games or bark from certain events, right? So if Kyrie, that's huge, let's just say that happens. And then you'll have a full month to prepare for the postseason and have additional strength. So while you're a part-timer, you've had so much more recovery time. You've been able to train more, get in the right mentality, the right mindset, and now you're ready to go for the postseason. Now, moving away from this season, let's jump into next season's offseason. I don't know where to begin with this. Because we talked about this on the last podcast episode on Tuesday, right guys? We talked about LeBron James. We talked about Bronny. Um, it's very interesting because rumor has it that if LeBron doesn't sign an extension with the Lakers, then he is good as gone and will be, will move past the Lakers. So this is going to be a very critical summer for both sides, man, for the Lakers. LeBron's fine. He's accomplished everything, but for the, but for the Lakers, the squeeze officially on, if it has not already been officially declared a few weeks ago or something like that, right? And I just want to say this. Um, the source I, um, the person I got this from was called an NBA Insider. I found this online. I don't know who said this. It was just an NBA Insider. So I don't know whose person was or how. I believe this is credible. I'm just saying. I wouldn't be surprised if someone publicly said this, but the reason why I'm saying that is if this this was just a disclaimer that just in case um, it wasn't like that, uh, it didn't turn out to be true, then yeah. But I'm not going to doubt it because here's the thing. I believe it is credible. I believe it is going to be factual come this summer. I don't believe LeBron's going to care to play for the Lakers anymore. He's just getting past this season to go play for another team, to go play with his son in his final year. So rumor has it that if LeBron doesn't sign an extension with the Lakers, then he's good as gone and will move past the Lakers. Move past LA. Look, how many how many seasons is gonna be? How many? It was like four, five? So if they don't sign a extension, come the time LeBron is able to play. Draft into the league, where it's first round, second round, undrafted. Okay, here we go. That'll be LeBron's final year with 
um, with Lakers, they can move on. Because he's been with L.A. since 2018. So he has one, two, three, four. This is his fourth season. When his contract officially ends, it will be his fifth and potentially final season with the Lakers, with the Lake Show. With that being said, many people are saying this is just the beginning of war, like the beginning of like a war between the two, that there's been conflicts. Because it all goes down to management and letting AD and LeBron put together this team and trade for the guys they want to, like Russell, uh, Russell Westbrook. So people blame Rob Palenka for that. Um, Genie Buss has been under fire too by Twitter people and by anyone really. Like, the media have just been criticizing the Lakers because how bad they are. Like, no one was expecting that. I wasn't expecting that. But I, I said everyone many months ago, it's like deja vu from what? The 2010-2011. Whenever the Lakers tried to put that together, that super team with Steve Nash on the Lakers, it wasn't going to work well. This wasn't going to work well with Kobe, Nash, all those different guys. So it's going to be very, very interesting because what do the Lakers do after LeBron's gone? Because that moment's going to come. Whether he stays with the team or he leaves. He's getting, he's gonna retire someplace. He's not gonna go to the team. He's not even he's, he may not be useful come the future of a few in a few years. Older age does that. He's been playing in the NBA for a long time. Right? So there's many factors to that. What's gonna happen to Anthony Davis? Russell Westbrook. So management is gonna talk to ownership and say, okay, this is what's going on. X, X, Y, Y, all this stuff, ABC. I, they have to list out all these different reasons, everything. They're going to have to go further. They have to do a review and evaluation on each player, how the team performed, and what's happening, when, where, why, and how. That's pretty much what's going to be looking like. And we'll detail this more as the offseason's coming, postseason's coming, like, when we're getting there. It'll be really interesting to see what happens. Because who knows what's going to happen? Like, no one knows what's going to happen. No one truly understands that. I want to be surprised if LeBron leaves. I, I have a bold prediction that he's going to leave after his contract's up. He may honor his contract. He may not. Either way, he's leaving. He's leaving, um... LA. I want to be surprised. I just want to be surprised. It's going to be very interesting. Because it really is. Because there's a whole delicate balance to this. Because you still have 20 plus games. So we're on there to go. You don't want to make your superstar mad. You don't want to disrupt this team any more than what it is. You don't want to create any more tension. You don't want to create more drama. There's already enough of that in the locker room, in the practice court, on court for games. Uh, right? So, when we're all sitting around talking about this, it's a very delicate balance, and management has to hope and pray that they don't get fired. And here's another bold prediction. I bet you, if LeBron doesn't get the extension, they don't cancel LeBron to extension, 
or once LeBron's gone. Either way, Frank Vogel's gone. <coughs> Sorry about that. Um, I bet you that happens. I bet you Frank Vogel's gone too. If LeBron does not accept the extension or he's just gone permanently, Frank Vogel's gone. Maybe even Rob Palenka. I have nothing against those guys. None whatsoever. I just have bold takes, bold predictions. I'm just a bold type of guy, right? So it's going to be very, very interesting how everything unfolds. It's just going to be that way. I think that's, honestly, I think that's the only realistic way of looking at it. And guys, with that being said, we're, that was our final piece, our final major headliner for this segment of recapping the news of the day. And without further ado, guys, let's jump into the topic of the day, which is addressing this. Looking at today's matchups for the first time since the break and how each team fares in the postseason if the postseason ended today. I actually kind of like this because it makes you, it makes your brain, it makes you think in a different perspective, different mentality of, okay, if this actually happened, how would teams actually fare? So I actually like these types of questions. I like these different outlooks on things and different takes. So, looking at today's matchups, because we actually have quite a few, it's great to have that back. So, we actually have, we actually have some really good games. So, starting at 5 p.m., all the way working up to 8 p.m. is this. Cavaliers at Pistons, Celtics at Nets, Suns at OKC Thunder, Grizzlies at Timberwolves, Hawks at Bulls, Warriors at Trailblazers, Nuggets against Kings. Nuggets at home. So very, very interesting. Again, from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. Very, very, very interesting, my friend. So looking at each matchup, I'm going to give you my prediction for each matchup and see how it fares tonight when it's all said and done. And firstly, guys, let's talk about Cavaliers Detroit. Cavaliers Detroit been holding on despite many setbacks. The Cavaliers are right there. It's almost like they never had a setback. Right? It's not like they had all these injuries. Had deal with COVID. None of that. Because they're 35 and 23. Where the Pistons are 13 and 45. The Pistons season is predictably over. Are they emotionally over? <coughs> this is what you get for not having any water. Oh, man. Uh, it, hold on, I'm going to take a quick drink. Yeah, sorry about that, guys. Um, That's what I get for having dry mouth by not having any water and talking for 30 minutes straight. So getting back to my point, I was talking about the Pistons. Detroit is not emotionally over. No, 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 no. Let's think about this realistically. If you get into the 11th seed, playing tournament, 10th seed, playing tournament, right? So they're not too far off. If they're able to cobble something together, they have a chance to the playoffs. 
So they're not done yet. So they have a lot of riding on tonight's game at 5 p.m., right? Does it always seem that way? No. But wait a minute. The Cavs are 6-4. and four. They're 35-23. and 23. They want to keep this momentum going because they're tied with the 76ers currently at the 3rd and 4th spot. It's going to be very interesting what happens if they get... If they get ahead, they edge out the Bulls in the Heat by two and a half games. Either for Philly or Cleveland. Because right now, he and Bulls have the same record. Tied for first second. As, I love to see Cleveland. Despite all the setbacks, despite all the major complications, they actually become first second. But they're locked in. So, predicting today's matchups... Given how much weighs on, they're playing at Detroit. You got these shifting mindsets. You guys had a long, hard, um, restful, peaceful break. We were able to re, uh, rejuice up, re-energize the batteries, right? I'm going to edge this out to Cleveland. I'm going to give this to Cavaliers. I say Cavaliers going to win 109-101. Sound close, sound contested. Goes down maybe to the final wire in the fourth quarter. Boom, by the bang. Cleveland wins it on the road. Celtics, Nets. Interesting. No Kyrie. Celtics are hungry to win as they're 9-1. Huge winning right now. They're having momentum streaks. Even though Pistons beat them before the break where they snapped their nine-game winning streak. They were huge, right? They were. That's undoubtedly so. They came off from a February 8th victory against the Nets at home. No Kyrie. I'm sorry. Uh, Brooklyn was at home. They were away. No Kyrie. 126-91 was their final victory. And if I'm doing the smart math, they won by 35. Um... Well, I'm going through here. They, they were completely dominating everyone else, but against the Brooklyn Nets, they show no mercy to. And there's all actually riding on this game because Celtics are sixth seeded in the Eastern Conference. And in the Eastern Conference, the Nets are eighth seeded. It may not seem like a big deal, but when you're two and a half games behind the Celtics, it is a big deal. That's going to be very interesting. No Kyrie. Um, or is James Harden playing? Cause that's, because that's what we really need to know. Like, how many are, are they really playing? Like, who's playing? Um, I'm checking out. So, Kevin Durant has been ruled out for Thursday's game between the Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets. I'm talking um Ben Simmons has been ruled out for Thursday's contest. So it's not looking too good. Right? So you have Marcus Smart, Robert Williams to return for the Celtics Thursday night against Brooklyn. That's gonna be very tough. Like that's gonna be tough. Against the struggling Nets, I'm going to give this to another blow victory, another dominant victory by the Celtics. I'll give it to them like 132 to 101. Right? It's going to be 
It's gonna be a blow. It's gonna be a blow victory. I'm gonna give it to Boston because when with two thirds of the big new big freeze out for Brooklyn, you know, no, all three of them, all three of them. I'm forgetting that James Harden's not there. So when none of you guys in the big freeze there, it's very tough to try to convince someone that they're gonna win. It's gonna be the Celtics. Oh yeah. Suns, Thunder, I'm biased. I don't care. I'm taking the Suns. If they can win by a thousand, that would be great. Mathematically impossible, logically impossible, but emotionally probable. Right? Possible, right? I, I, I would love that. But Suns, Thunder, I don't know, man. Because no Chris Paul, they got to become more creative, innovative, and different things like that. They have to go into their toolbox of tricks. And get back to fundamentals, the basics, to see, okay, what did we do without Chris Paul, and can we win? Their first test is going to be up against this interesting rock, uh, Thunder team. That's playing mildly. Sorry, guys, you just hear me uh, me taking a drink. I apologize if you heard it on the camera. I'm sorry, heard it over the podcast audio. It's going to be very interesting. I'm going to give the Suns the win. I have no idea what the final score is going to be, so I'm going to leave that. But if I had to guess, maybe like 102 to 101. No, I've been doing that a lot. I'm going to choose like 103 to 102. Suns beat it out, maybe on a game winner or like on a game winning shot. That's going to be my feeling. Devin Booker's going to have to step up huge. Same with DA. Same with Jay. Same with those different guys. Like, Aaron Holiday could seize an opportunity that's going to be massive. Right? Because imagine this. You have guys that's going to be coming back. And Aaron Holiday can prove himself. That's going to be great. Campaign's out. Landry Shamet is set to return. This is going to be something very, very interesting. And if I'm placing my bets correctly, I'm going to take the Suns. Because Aaron Holiday is going to try to prove himself. Elijah Sham is going to try to get out of this funk. He has a long, he had a long break, especially on a heist and due to his injuries. So 100% I might give him the win to the Suns. It may not be pretty throughout the rest, throughout the game. But if they're able to go be clutching the fourth, like unlike last season, but this season they're clutching the fourth quarter, that'll be huge because they're clutch. When it comes to clutch fourth quarters, they win majority of those games. They're the probable favorites in the fourth quarter if they're able to catch fire. So I'm gonna give it to the Suns. There's gonna be many players try to seize the opportunity, seize the moment, and try to prove that they were made to be on that team. Aaron Holiday is going to be the number one guy. Shams going to be, like, everyone's going to be there. It's going to be really interesting who's going to run the point guard position. Who's going to run point? I, I don't know if it's going to be Booker. I don't know if it's going to be Holiday. I don't know who's going to be. But it's going to be very interesting. I hope it's not Booker, but we'll see. We'll see. Other than Grizzlies, Timberwolves, that's also going to be a very interesting matchup. Because you got D'Lo, Big Cat, um, Anthony Edwards. Against John Moran, all those different guys. That's tough. That's a tough one. 
as a Western Conference matchup, going up against the third-seeded Grizzlies, then the seventh-seeded Timberwolves. I'm actually going to give this win to the Timberwolves. I'm going to go crazy. I'm going to controversial. My gut feeling saying the Grizzlies, but I'm going to go rock-solid Timberwolves. Going to give them the win, 97-89 Timberwolves. Hawks, Bulls, the clear winner here is going to be the Bulls. I don't think the Hawks have enough firepower and have the edge to take out the sec of the number two Bulls. 28-30 Hawks against 38-21 Bulls. I take the Bulls with DeMar DeRozan because DeMar DeRozan is legit on fire. I like DeMar DeRozan, and he is just proving everyone wrong that doubted him that it was one of the worst trades made when that two NBA trade deadlines go. It's proving everyone wrong. It's beautiful. That's why I'm going to give the ball win to the Bulls. I don't think the Hawks are going to recover. I think it's going to be over come halftime or a little bit after or in the middle of the third quarter. That's why I believe. That's why I believe it's gonna happen. I'll choose it to be 112 to 100. Bulls gonna secure the win. The Warriors Blazers. Oh man! Oh man! Oh man! Warriors Blazers. Like the clear favorites are the Warriors. But in my heart, like my guts tell me the Blazers. Like I don't know why. I just don't see it. I, I with how much they've been banged up, I don't see it. And since I do not see it, I'm gonna choose the Warriors to win in dominant fashion, epic fashion. There's just gonna be more firepower, more talent stacked in the favors of Golden State than in Portland's favor. Portland's being decimated. Warriors are growing, and they've had this break where it's like, boom, we're ready to go. And Curry's coming off a 50-point Sunday All-Star game, record-breaking 16-point three-pointers. 16 three-pointers. Come on. It's beautiful. I'm going to give the win to the Warriors, even though that they're away. And last week, guys, our game at 8 p.m., like the Warriors-Blazers game, is Denver-Sacramento. Nuggets Kings, I'm going to take the Denver Nuggets because why not? The Nuggets to me are very, very impressive. Um, I don't find the Kings that much impressive. They're 13th seed. Their season's over. They were a joke when they fired Luke Walton. They're going to continue to be a joke because they actually wanted to get rid of their main, one of their main pieces. I'll never, ever, ever, ever forget that. What was it? Who was it? Like Tyrese Halliburton? Wasn't it Tyrese Halliburton? I think it was. I'm forgetting the guy, but... It's going to be very, very interesting. I... I'm not going... I'm not going to say the Kings can't squeeze one out, but if the Nuggets don't win... Then Denver became a joke in that game, and Sacramento 
was able to pull a massive upset that should never happen. Truthfully, realistically. And I think that's pretty fair to say when everyone agree. I think I think it's a bold thing to say, but it's probably the right thing to say. It's gonna be an epic upset. But if then if if um Nuggets win, if Denver wins, then it wasn't an upset. It was pretty much what it was supposed to be predictably be. That makes sense. And with that being said, guys, let's shift our mindset, let's shift the focus off of today's matchup, matchups for the first time since the break. And now let's see how each team fares in the postseason if the season ended today. And guys, to make things less complicated, but to make this thing easier, until the playing tournament solidifies itself and we can clearly see what's going to happen, I'm going to leave out the guys from the playing tournament and I'm going to treat the one for eight seeds like they're automatically in the playoffs. Same for the Western Eastern Conference. And for the Eastern Conference, let's start. So, who? okay, so if we're starting the postseason, I'm going to create my bracket real quick. The number one seed, the Heat, will take on the number eight seed, the Nets. The number two uh, seed, the Bulls, will take on the number seven seeded, number seven Raptors. The third seeded 76ers will take on the six seeded Celtics. The fourth seeded Cavaliers will take on the fifth seeded Bucks. So, how would they fare in the postseason? Very interesting. How I got to look at this is, is that who's going to be more healthy, Nets or Heat? The Heat is a very interesting group. Both teams, in my mind, are going to be healthy. Unless something dramatically, drastically impacts it, alters the way we view that postseason matchup. If that was to be the uh, the destined postseason matchup, I I don't know, the big free, big free Miami against the big free of the Nets. What would, even, what would even be a Heat's big free? They don't have like a true big free, unless you're going to consider Jimmy Bauer, Bam Bow, Kyle Lurie to be it. And then you just have Victor Odipo, because Victor Odipo is also here. So that's also something very interesting. But if you had to choose between the Heat and the Nets, because you know the Nets are going to solidify themselves, you know how big free is going to gel, you know that both sides have talent. So it's not going to be like a lopsided advantage to either or team. You know it's going to be a gritty gutty game. You know what the stakes are. But in the first round, who's going to get the competitive edge? There's a lot of riding for the Heat because they were swept in the first round against Milwaukee last year. And in my opinion, I believe the Nets now, the Nets this season has better talent than, has more talent than what the Milwaukee Bucks did last year. So when putting that in that perspective, shouldn't that make us fear something? But also, it could be said on the flip side for Miami too. Because now you have Victor Odipo, Kyle Lowry, P.J. Tucker, I hate him so much, um, and all those different guys. So it's very interesting, but mainly Kaori, who's done wonders for that team. So it's very, very interesting when both teams have 
incrementally or drastically improve the roster. I would have to say in the middle or drastically. Like the Heat made little moves but with huge impacts. The Nets made huge moves for hopefully huge impacting results. So when I have to break that down, I don't know. Who would I choose? Who would I choose? That's tough. I would take the Nets over the Heat. If it was ending today, everyone's health, the way they are, injuries and all, COVID and all, whatever the reports are they're coming out, uh, whatever the health, overall morality, whatever it is, I'm currently taking the Nets over the Heat. I would do it. Uh, that would be a huge upset for um, the Heat being number one seeded team. You would be getting heckled across social media, mainly Twitter. I, that would be a huge upset, and that would be something uh, just demoralizing, to say the least. Then when we get into the Raptors-Bulls, this is not going to be a question, guys. I'm taking the Bulls. I get it. We were going. I I was wondering. I get. It, I shifted it to the underdogs, record wise, going off of pure records. The Nets taking out the Heat, but it's just different circumstances. The Raptors they made moves, but not impacting moves to take out the Bulls, who made moves moves. Uh, they got Demar Derozan. They got these guys. They got keep. He's got. They got more talent uh, than the Raptors. So, I take the Bulls. In first round, I take the Bulls. I believe if there were to be an upset in in the first round, I I would take, in the Eastern Conference, I would take to be the Bulls-Raptors. If the Raptors were able to squeeze out in six games, five games, seven games, it's, that's going to be considered an, up, an upset, right? If they win, it's considered an upset. If they get to sweep, it's called embarrassment. And you shouldn't be a team, right? Um, so I'm going to pick the Bulls. 76ers, Celtics. That one's tough. That one's going to go to a Game 7 because of all the talent. Joel B, James Harden against Jalen Brown and Jalen uh, Jason Tatum. Like, that's, this one's actually a very unique um, matchup because they faced many times before, but now it's going to be very interesting because around those two duos is all that talent, all that extra firepower, rebound power, assist power, all that stuff. Steel power, like, um, that one's going to go down to a game seven. I would actually give it to the Celtics. I think the Celtics would edge it out very close in the game seven. It's either going to be in five games 76ers or seven games Celtics. If that was going to be the perceived matchup with, the, with all of the rosters being set now. Right, that's how I would take it. And then when we get down to number four Cavaliers and number five Bucks. Oh boy. As much as I hate to say it, injuries might have just played the Cavaliers too much. Being without Ricky Rubio, Colin Sexton, all those different guys, you have more injuries than 
just the inexperience of some of those guys because they weren't put in those situations. I believe the Bucks have more talent, have more experience. You have to go against Giannis Antetokounmpo. I hope I said his last name correctly. I've been trying. You then you have to go against Chris Middleton by Portis, um, Drew Holiday, all those different guys. That's going to be a very tough matchup. I don't know who you're going to go for him. But I would say the Bucks. In my heart, I want to say the Cavaliers. But I'm going to say the Bucks realistically and logically. I just think the pros and cons of the Bucks are being leveled by the pros of them winning it and the cons of them losing it. I, again... It's like the Bulls-Raptors. I get two different teams, two, two different scenarios, but it will be an upset if the Cavaliers won. I believe the Cavaliers can win, but it's only going to be like in a game six or game seven. I just don't think they're going to have an answer that much for Giannis unless Kevin Love can do something, unless our marketing can do something, unless one of those guys can do something. See, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting. And then when we shift over to the Western Conference, that's going to be interesting. That's going to be interesting. Well, before we shift over to the Western Conference, I'm only, well, I'm only going to tackle the first round right now. Because I don't, I don't want to start making my NBA Final Predictions. I'm only going to go into the first round. Because I just want to play in the first round. Who's going to win? Because that's going to give a better feel of how they survived the regular season. Heading into the postseason. And how they achieved or underachieved or overachieved in the first round. Whether they came out victorious or they were decimated or it just was not pretty at all. Right? So I'm only going to do the first round. Because I want to see if the league ended today. Season ended. What would happen in the first round? So I'm only going to do first round predictions. And as we get closer down like the 15 games, 10 games, 5 games, then all the way up to the postseason start, that's when I'm going to start concrete, like starting to solidify to have my rock solid NBA Finals predictions, playoff predictions, and all that stuff. That's when we get more serious. So now shifting over to the Western Conference, uh, bypassing the playing tournament, which will become very controversial because if we keep it one through eight, the Clippers edge the Lakers by two and a half games to keep the Lakers out of the postseason. Then the Suns take the Clippers, having that postseason rematch from last uh, season's postseason in the third round, the conference semifinals. And then the second seed Warriors will take on the seventh seed Timberwolves. Interesting match. And then the first seed Grizzlies take on the sixth seed Nuggets. And then the fourth seed Jazz will take on the fifth seed Mavericks. Again, Jazz Mavericks. Interesting. Grizzlies Nuggets. All this stuff's interesting. So the number one upset that's going to happen, two upsets is going to happen in the Western Conference. If the Clippers beat the Suns, and the Timberwolves beat the Warriors. But logically, Suns should beat the Clippers. There is no doubt in my mind. We can factor in all the stuff about Chris Paul, about all the different injuries. But if he's back, if he's medically cleared, if he's able to get that reevaluation by week six, he's cleared for week seven. 
of rehab, which will be the start of the NBA playoffs, right? And he's able to jump in against the Clippers. That will be huge. I don't care if it's away or home. I don't care if we got to redo the value. Oop, I do not care. I'm taking the Suns over the Clippers, not because I'm being biased, not because I have a strong, like, strong holding for the Suns. No, I'm just saying, like, realistically, logically, it's going to be the Clippers. Same way with the Warriors. Warriors are going to blow them out. I would be surprised if this went past five games. I wouldn't be surprised if this ended in four. I'd be shocked if it went to game six, game seven. I get the Timberwolves will give them a run for their money. I get you got the trio and the Minnesota trio, but you have to factor in you have to factor in those three guys against the whole army of the Warriors, and that's whole pedigree, like the pedigree of the Warriors, the mindset, the mentality, the um, the experience alone kill the Timberwolves. Then factor in who Chef Curry is, who Draymond Green is. Who all these different guys are is very, very interesting. With Andrew Wiggins, with Clay Thompson, because they're looking superb. I don't see it stopping. Uh, then you get down to the Grizzlies and the Nuggets. That's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. Reigning MVP Jokic against John Moran, upcoming, one of the upcoming superstars and potential face of the NBA. One of the faces of the NBA. My prediction only. It's gonna be very interesting. That's gonna be tough. I want to. See, I, I I can see that going to like a game five. No, no, game six or game seven. Most likely game six. It will be a rarity if it goes to a game seven. I think the Nuggets will win because they have more experience in this department. They have more talent. They have. Uh, Nikhil Jokic, if Aaron Gorin, they have all those different guys on there. That's gonna cause significant pain to um to um the Grizzlies. Cause now let's not make a fool of ourselves here. The Grizzlies do John Moran, Jaron Jackson Jr., Dylan Brooks, Zari Williams, Brand Clark, Stephen Apps. Right, they got all those guys. I just don't see it. I don't see it cutting, though. I just do not see it cutting. I truly, truly, truly do not. That's just my opinion alone. I give guys we can differ. We can differ on those opinions, but I just don't see it changing. Honestly, honestly. So I would give the Nuggets a win. I would give Denver the win. Like first round, they're gonna come striking out hot. It's gonna go back and forth. They're going to edge it out in game six. It's going to be one of those do-or-die games for Memphis, and they can't do it. Away or at home. They're going to collapse to the pressure. My opinion. Then lastly, the fourth-seeded Jazz against the fifth-seeded Mavericks. Stuff. I'm going to say the Jazz. Listen to me out, guys. Because you got Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. Against the Luka Doncic, that's pretty much. What we're talking about superstars here are very, very good players. For great players, like, let me check. You got Spencer Dinwiddie, sure. You got Luka Doncic, the great Tim Hardaway Jr. 
Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock's a great defensive player. But when I'm looking at this Utah Jazz team, you've got Jordan Clarkson, Mike Connolly, Don Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Bogdan Donovich, uh, Rudy Gay, all Hassan Whiteside, Aaron Pascal. But guys, you're not going to be able to outbeat the Jazz. That's what I'm going to give it to. As great as Luka Doncic is, he cannot carry this team on his back alone. He needs another piece. Well, since Christoph Porzingis, we need a new piece. They need a new piece. That is something. I don't think they can ever advance past the first or second round without having a really, really good contending team. A round shaped and molded around Luka Doncic. My opinion. But it's looking like a very bold and very realistic opinion. It really is. This could become fact. That's why I'm taking the Jazz. Because we can factor in injuries. We can factor in the ups and downs. We can factor in all the analytics, statistics, all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's going to come down to the best team who wants them more, who's going to strive for them more, who's going to thrive in those tough moments and those challenging, exhausting moments. That's why I'm going to... But now, these are all subject to change, of course. This is just my rough, 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 rough draft of the first round. I'm not saying this is how it's going to go. I'm not saying the Lakers are going to be kicked out of it. I'm not saying that when it's all said and done, the Clippers going to get the final, I'm going to get the upper hand on the Lakers in the playing tournament, or the Portland Trailblazers, or even the Spurs, or Pelicans, or any of those teams. Because the Kings have a chance. Everybody still has a realistic chance because of this playing tournament. So it's very, very interesting. So no teams mathematically out yet until we get closer. Like the Rockets, I don't see going in. I don't see the Magic going in. I don't see the Pistons going in. I don't see the Thunder and Kings going in. Or the Pacers. The Knicks are, bull prediction, Knicks aren't going in. Wizards are not going in. Pelicans are not going in. Spurs are not going in. The only true contenders here are going to be the Hornets, Hawks, Blazers, and the Spurs. Trying, I'm sorry, the Lakers and the Blazers, not the Spurs, going in contending for uh, a puff spot. And they're going to do it out from there. That's my opinion. As that is going to wrap up today's podcast episode. We're going to wrap up the segment topic of the day. As that is pretty much all we looked into all today's matchups. We looked into how all how each team fares in the postseason if the season ends today. We only got 20, 25 games left. We we only have seven weeks left until the NBA season's over, and we can talk about the postseason. When five weeks are left, we're going to talk about the postseason. When four weeks are left, we're going to talk about like When all this stuff's left, we're going to talk about it. That's when we're going to start talking about it. And if you guys have any differing uh, opinions, or if you guys agree with me, whatever you guys, whatever's on your mind, just text at the course he text line, which is 602-791-2108. And guys... That is all I have for today's podcast episode. It was really cool doing this. It, it gets us in the mood. It gets us in this spirit of 
of the NBA postseason actually having to think about that critically and logically now because it's actually approaching us faster and faster. And guys, with that being said, thank you for tuning in to today's podcast episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcast episodes, we are there. And until next time, guys, most likely Saturday morning at 8 a.m., I will see you there as, yeah. Without further ado, let's just wrap it up right here, right now. Let's have the outro music take us out now. Oh, my God.